live from the ESPN 690 and the Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Oh, having a little fun with MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew. I was just telling Austin a little bit about the tweet. And now that I read it out loud, actually, I thought at first, like, Maurice Jones-Drew took my tweet out of context. And then maybe I took his out of context. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so funny how things oh, read the sometimes. Right? social media, man. Sometimes so the, you get lost the context. Uh, yeah, Diana Rossini uh, said she texted with an NFL head coach just a few hours ago about the upcoming cuts and what he expects. Quote, it's going to be a massacre next week all around the league. And I said, sounds like hyperbole. I mean, to me, it's like, okay. I mean, and obviously massacre is a big word. I understand yeah. the, what he's saying. Basically, it's like there's going to be a lot more cuts than people think. You know, they're going to really shave down, you know, what they have because mm-hmm. I think the salary cap is lower than normal. Everything that exists. I think that is kind of the that there could be more than usual. Mm-hmm. And so but I mean, it does sound a little bit hyperbole to say everybody's just going to go cut all these veteran guys. Well, so I said that and then Mojo said. Sounds like they should, quote, honor the contract to me. Well, I thought he was talking about my tweet. He was actually talking about the quote, I believe, from the coach. And so I I took it. So then I kind of uh, clapped back at him and said, there you go. Are you, can I get a PS5 yet or what? Yeah, which which I feel like he gets a lot because obviously his account was hacked, and I'm sure he's heard that question I love at least 100 times. He's the greatest. Yeah. Uh, I love Mojo. Where, where do you fall on that? Is that what that means, like honor the contract? Or like I didn't take – I will say this. Even with Mojo's tweet, I didn't take Rossini's tweet in the quote as, well, you better play for this kind of amount we want yeah. more money i i assume that if we see cuts from veteran players and so a lot of veterans or, or names we know kind of like a kyle van noy just yeah. happened to him right sure so if somebody like that hits the streets unexpectedly i feel like it's more from a cap slash performance but a cap thing uh to say hey the the cap's a little bit lower this year we got to create some space one way or another Maybe we want to go after a different position in free agency, so we're going to pivot a little. Heck, we saw the Jags pivot in a big way last sure. March. So I think teams can do that. Uh, and then the flip side of that is I think what what uh, Mojo is saying is, well, you signed him to a four-year $51 million deal in the Kyle Van Noy spot, and then a mm-hmm. year later you cut him. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's bull. Right? It is. That's yeah. basically what he's saying. Yeah. And, and so I see it. It's an interesting conversation now that I'm kind of speaking out loud about it no for sure and like i don't like the the whole verbiage that that coach used saying it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a massacre next week like i don't know if that was supposed to come from a place of comedy or or what i don't know where that came from but like okay yeah it's gonna be a massacre so be it but like i'm talking about people's jobs here a little bit so i feel like an nfl head coach should show a little more uh you know reserve and a little more restraint and be a little more respectful i guess like maybe that rubbed um you know marisa the wrong way a little bit it rubbed me the wrong way did just, it just hearing that yeah i mean yeah okay it's a massacre we get it sounds good but yeah to prove your point with kyle van no i mean the guy had six sacks last year obviously played um you know with, with flores or whatever in new england comes to miami expected to be the guy now six sacks was that worth the money? Probably not. But at the same time, you mean to tell me you're going to cut a guy after one year because now all of a sudden the salary cap's going down a little bit? Like, that to me uh, isn't right. Right now, Ben Noy will get on, get on someplace else, probably be for less money. But, like, 
the fact that players are getting let go now because of money, per se, because the salary cap's a little lowered, uh, you can make an argument for that. Yeah, I. Th- this is a complex issue because if you look at it, it there's, there's obviously two simple sides here. There's an organization side. When should you cut bait, right? When should you – when's the right business move? I mean, you look over the years, the Patriots have been very good at this. Mm-hmm. Heck, the Jags have structured contracts very nicely for the most part mm-hmm. over the last however many years, even though they weren't super successful. When they needed to get out from a con- – they, they, first of all, they, their contracts are pretty handsome for whatever player. And the player knows this too. While it says four years, it's kind of like a two-year deal often. Sure. You get your upfront money over those two years. You're going to make about two years worth of it. It makes sense for the team to keep you two years. Now, once you get to three and four, at least, again, this is the way the Jags had structured a lot of their contracts. Mm-hmm. Once you get to year three or four, ah, it's like, okay, I can get out of this and be ready because we might get out of this. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of know that just the the way it is. I mean, we saw it enough from the outside. I can only imagine the player and agent must understand that. But the the handsome part of it for the players are getting a lot more upfront usually. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's fair game. You you sign it. You know what's go- you're going into it. Mm-hmm. This one is a little bit more than the other side is the player side. The whole honor your contract side, right? Because we have these conversations like Russell Wilson might want out. Deshaun Watson wants out. What's with all these players that want out? Jalen Ramsey, yeah. Mika Fitzpatrick. Well, if you're going to sign a guy to a four year deal, I can tell you this. TV land, radio land, here they sign me to a four-year deal. <clears throat> I'll take the $51 million. But if they sign me four-year deal yeah. and then after one year, they they say, now we're going to get rid of you. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be pretty mad. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, now, if over the course of time they sign a lot of people to four-year deals, but there's a healthy out after two, uh, and just so you know from a mental standpoint, mm-hmm. hey, you're going to get what you got for two years, but after that it could be – a little tenuous. Mm-hmm. Well, then I know that going in. I, I get that. I understand that. But one year on that Van Noy deal seems a little bit um, yeah. abrasive. And I could understand the player, and he sounded frustrated. He should be and, frustrated. And I understand that frustration am- amongst players. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely should be frustrated because he essentially he fouled you know, his old defensive coordinator to Miami. And then after a year, they let him go. Now, I understand that there's no room for loyalty sometimes in the NFL. It's the it's the must-win business, and sometimes it's the money business. I just think that letting a guy go after a year, because, once again, he just didn't live up to expectations, I guess, with six sacks. And I'm trying to see all the numbers here. I mean, he had 69 combined tackles, whatever the case may be. He was a captain, though. I mean, yeah. that's a young team. They outperformed. I mean, he... Again, he's coming off injury. But this is why guys fight so much to get yeah. those contracts. This is it. this is why guys hold out for more money. This is why guys always restructure contracts yeah. because of cases like this. This is why right guys here. leave and ask yeah. to leave too, right? Yeah. I mean, so because I, I mean, it's not their fault. It's not their fault that the salary cap's going down this year. No, no. Okay? No. That's just I mean, you can't control the uncontrollable sometimes. But at the same time, you can be frustrated. You, If you're a player, you can say, this isn't right, and I'm upset about it. You have every right to do that. We talk about a lot of these stories, and if I'm being completely honest, I uh, I, I was trying to think of this on the way in. I was like, okay, how? I, I don't want to be hypocritical here, and I don't think I am. I think when we have guys like Watson, or say it's DeAndre Hopkins wants out, or, or like I said, just Fitzpatrick, Jalen Ramsey, all the rest of them, each, each situation is different, but... When those initially come up, I'm first like, oh, wait a minute, man, you're under contract. 
Like, you can't do this every couple of years. Like, the Hopkins thing was kind of interesting. He had, like, three years left on his deal mm-hmm. when, when that talk started to come up. And I'm like, well, okay, but that's a smart business move on Houston's part to lock him up early, mm-hmm. and they should reap some of the benefits on the other side, okay? So that's how I initially th- think. Well, then we start talking about these topics a lot, and I'm like, hey, fire empowerment, I get it. Like, you have a short, especially in the NFL, you have a short window to earn money. Uh, you you play a violent game. You put a lot on the line. Your brand means a big thing to that team and organization. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, I, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins and I'm now, like, the 18th paid wide receiver because the escalation of pricing has gone up that much, I'd probably go to management and say, hey, I shouldn't be the 18th best yeah. uh, or highest paid guy. Like, And, again, I'm just throwing numbers out. So I understand player empowerment. I initially – Say, okay, wait a minute. When does the organization get – when do they win by by risking a little bit in, in an early deal for somebody and fronting a lot of money? Because you can lose that deal as well as an organization. Sure. Guy might just not play well. Guy mm-hmm. might get hurt. You never get anything out of it. Uh, so I wrestle with that. But keep in mind, if a guy gets hurt, you're not paying him the whole contract. Well, true. And again, in the NFL, just not a lot of guarantees. You paid him a fraction. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you might have paid in a free agent kind of case, right? You might have paid a lot sure. up front with guaranteed money, mm-hmm. and then you just never see the benefits. It happens. Like yeah. it does. I mean, listen, Jags have had that. that. That was their own mistake, though. It seemed like if you want to go back in the day, um, even from like a Drayton Florence situation to uh, uh, Jerry Porter mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. that was way back, even before your time. Yeah. So those stick out to me. Uh, but they spent a lot of money and didn't get a lot in return, sure. is my point. And that's the nature of free agency. That's a risk of free agency uh, that you run. So I'm thinking of this today, and I'm like, okay, we're in this no-doubt era of player empowerment mm-hmm. in the NFL. We're seeing um, – I always use Melageta, the agent, as Jalen Ramsey's agent, as Deshaun Watson's agent, because I think now over the last year at that's become a thing, and I don't think Houston's going to win this battle. I think Watson's going to get his way eventually. We always talk about this. The player usually gets what he wants at the end of the day if they're willing to stick to it. That's what history has showed us so far. Uh, now, whether that's a smart get what you want or not, we can argue. Yeah. And Gakwe's a good example. He got what he wanted, but he's not getting a lot of money for it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least yeah, not yeah. yet. So I just wonder this. If we're if player empowerment continues to grow and grow and grow and players say, hey, I want out, I want out or I want more, whatever it is, uh, because of situations like even the Kyle Van Noy, do we get to a point where the CBA even is like re- irrelevant? Hmm. Like, why are you coming to agreements on what the cap should look like or I should do this or as players, we're going to do this if. Guys like Watson, guys like Ramsey, guys like Fitzpatrick are changing the dynamic of it anyway. Guys like Le'Veon Bell want out. Guys like um, Adams, Jamal Adams wants yeah. out, right? So if is that still a very small percentage of, of players overall, even though they're making a bunch of headlines? Or do we get to a point someday where the CBA is somewhat irrelevant because – Contracts are getting ripped up just about every year anyway. Yeah, no, I, I'm to the like. In my opinion, you still need the CBA because the last thing you want to do is go in the direction of like a private contractor, where each player just kind of represents himself. Like if you lose the CBA, um, you kind of lose just like what the overall umbrella looks like. And if you lose that umbrella, then you have the Wild West, and then 
when you have the Wild West, it's impossible to corral situations in terms of contracts, in terms of bargaining and stuff like that. So I'm not opposed to the CBA, but and, and I spoke on this before a little bit. There has to be more input, in my opinion, from just the players' union. There, there, there has to be a lot more input um, of the players. Now, the players have to want to have that input, yeah. right? And that's what happened when I played back in 2011. Like, we we get that CBA. Like, we were just kind of, all right, man, end this lockout. Let's play football. Like, you know, yeah. and I think. And that's why the owners yeah. usually win, because no, usually of, you get that. Of course, because you essentially put us to the flames, and it's like, well, you better do something. And then, you know, maybe we panicked, and it's like, all right, we'll sign the deal, whatever. Now, we got some good things in return, but we could have got better things. So to me, where it starts is educating the NFL athlete. Where it starts is the NFLPA doing their job and saying, hey, this is exactly what's going on right now. Yes, you have NFLPA representatives in each locker room on each team, but I think there needs to be more education and there needs to be more of a collective. Because the last thing I want to see in the next CBA is have a vote where it's like, you know, 52% said yes and 49% said no, or, or, or 40% said no. Like, I don't want to see yeah. that. Like, I want to see everybody kind of on the same page. That's the way it should yeah, be. You'd like to see 80-20 or something. Exactly. Right? That's the way it should be. Now, I understand that there's different players in this league. There's there's 10-year veterans. There's second-year guys. There. Like, uh, an NFL team is made up of a collection of different guys from different backgrounds and different pay grades. The goal should be, though, is to find the common ground and agree on something. And that way, in my opinion, everybody wins. That's what the NFLPA needs to do next time, I feel like, for the CBA, just because, and I've said this before, I felt like they still got the short end of the stick on this last CBA. So why? here's why it crossed my mind, okay? And this is probably very elementary and not thought out enough in, in full disclosure, but I was just thinking of it on the way up. And based off just Maurice and I going back and forth a little bit on, on social media, uh, very little bit. Uh, we're not even really arguing, <laughs> but yeah, now that we talk about that, until you get blocked, and then we'll see who's yeah, arguing. He's not going to block me. Um, the 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 reason I bring it up is because the cap going down this year was an agreement in a pandemic. Of course, it was an odd year, but they had to agree on some things, like they weren't going to have the off season. Mm-hmm. They were going to do testing, uh, everything that goes into it last year's season. But part of the agreement was the cap would go down. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if the cap is going down in the CBA, the players' union agreed as that part of it to go down. But now a few months later, because the players didn't maybe get this far down the road in general, is, well, now there's going to be a massacre of veteran players released yeah. out of deals because the cap is going down. Well, the players kind of helped create the mess. No, uh, right? but because yeah, this of the is, CBA. This is my point, though, Brent. This is where the education comes into play. Like, yes, it falls on every one of those players in that locker room to educate themselves with the deal. Right. I mean, read it from top to bottom. But let's be honest. How many people do that? It's just like in in modern day politics. Like, yeah, sure, you have your side, Republican, Democrat, but like, how much research do you really do? And how much do you just watch TV? Do you go on social media? It's like, oh, oh he did this, and absolutely, well, it's exactly right? like that for the CBA, right? So if we're not having True. these long drawn conversations, if we're not talking about it, saying, all right, guys, keep in mind now, if we sign this. In the next year or so, depending on what happens with COVID-19, um, if the owners lose money, that means, well, you guys are going to lose money. The salary cap's going to go down. And like we said, it's going to be a bloodbath in terms of cutting veterans. Like, did a lot of those guys in the locker room know that when they signed it? Let's be honest, probably not. You don't think about next March. You don't think about next March. And trust me, I've been there, man. I've been an NFL player. And, you know, we always talk about focus on the next play. Focus on the next play. Okay. But we don't concern ourselves with things like, well, what's the fine details in a CBA? 
Right. We're just no. worried about where, where does that next paycheck That's not just from? football players, by the way. No, that's that's everybody. Nature, exactly. So this is where that comes in, Brent, where the education, I think, has to be a little better. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Let me ask you this. Okay. One one last side. I don't want to get like too down in the weeds on the CBA. And that's uh, why I'm, I'm running for NFLPA <laughs> representative in 2022. <laughs> Vote Austin Lane, everybody. Do you no. actually, I got to ask you two questions, though. Do yeah. you think it would help if former players were still involved in the CBA? Guys that were interested, guys that did have more knowledge of it. Yeah. Heck, I'll even – I'm trying to think of, like, the smartest football player I know, okay? Like, uh, give, give me, like, a Myron Roll. Yeah, instead, yeah, yeah. Uh, instead of going into – now, he hardly played in the league long enough. But sure. But you get a guy that's now a lawyer. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and he's – I mean, he's a doctor, but I'm I'm just trying to use an example. Get this guy who's now a lawyer after the NFL and can really help players in hindsight mm-hmm. be a part of their whatever their 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 staff. I, I guess that's what Demore Smith and everybody's supposed to be doing for them. Sure. So maybe this is a moot point. So I'll ask you part two. Part two of it is if you took, uh, let's just say you took thirty-two players. Mm-hmm. Because you have one representative player rep, right, for each team. Correct. And you just took those 32 players, and they spoke for the team, which essentially is what they're supposed to do, but they're still getting mixed results back when they speak to the oh, team because it's, they're it's uneducated. Never, yeah, it's never foolproof, right? Yes. But if they just said, I'm going to speak for you, <laughs> which, again, when, yeah. this is totally an example that won't happen because mm-hmm. nobody will allow it to happen. But I'm going to speak for you as a representative. Mm-hmm. Do you think the CBA would look different if they just took those 32 players with super knowledge of it, with experience of it? And would they be a stronger union, per se? Because yeah. now you're worried about 32 as so to speak, to as the, opposed to 300 and something or whatever see, the number is in the... That may sound good on, or it may look good on paper, but the issue I have with that is, so let's let's go back to 2011. Let's go back to my lockout year, okay? Aaron Campman was our player representative. Fantastic. Yeah. G- gave us the details behind the scenes, everything that we needed to know. Um, I wish we had more guys like Aaron Campman in the NFLPA, to be honest with you. But with that being said, you know, did Aaron Campman, did he relay the information to me that I understood it? Absolutely. But it's hard to expect Aaron Campman to speak for me and other young guys when Aaron Campman's been in the league and on his, you know, his second contract essentially, his third contract essentially. Like his idea of what he wants out of the NFL going forward is, would be different than what I want out of it. Absolutely. Because he's on the back nine of his career and I'm just getting started. So if you were to point just 32 guys and they're the representatives of the entire NFL. It's not a big enough piece of the pie. It's not a big enough representation because those 32 guys, maybe one of them is the second or third year. But for the most part, I expect yeah, them to be veterans. Back. And if they're veterans, they have a different idea of what they want out of the whole thing, whether it's insurance benefits, whether yeah, yeah. it's uh, pensions, things like that, yeah, as opposed to the y- younger guy. Exactly. Just like anything, man. Like when, when you're a young guy, uh, if you're a rookie or you're coming up in the business world and you're young, you have a different outlook. You have different things that you want out of your job compared to the guy that's on his way out. Yeah, that makes sense. So listen, I. I kind of knew when I was asking the question, I think it would be improbable, impossible almost for it to happen. Uh, but I just wonder 
if it would be a stronger union if it was that way. Sure. And what you'd really have to do is rely on that guy to do what's in the best interest of the entire team, the entire NFL player, mm-hmm. and get more on the same page rather than be divided, not understand, but that person would be a more well-educated. It's easier to get 32 people well, well-educated yeah. and knowledgeable about something than it is to get 300 and something or, or however many guys are in the league. Listen, you know how I'm the former player and I always seem to have the players back, but you know, with the situation right now, do I feel bad for players? Absolutely. Because once again, it's it's not necessarily their fault that they're, uh, you know, getting cut after a year like Kyle Van Noy is. No, they signed the agreement and it is what it is. Like, that's how business works. But if you consider yourselves the modern era NFL and you consider yourselves empowered and you're always asking the questions, why now? And, you know, we've, we've always talked about the situation. Well, if you're truly like that, then do the research, man. Do the due diligence. It's not fun, all right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's tedious. It's a process. But if you're truly concerned about the money and your future, you got to do that due diligence. Yeah, like, but here's where my mind goes, and this might be unfair, and I'm sorry uh, to, to Leonard Fournette for saying this, but if you ask Leonard Fournette to do that as a rookie, yeah, Leonard Fournette would be like, yeah, whatever, bro. No, for sure. But, I hear you. But if you ask him to do it now, yeah, going into year five, I think he would. And again, I'm, sorry, I'm probably unfairly. Well, no, you're not wrong because, I mean, from my circumstance, I didn't care my my, my rookie year. Are you kidding yeah. me? I'm just trying to make a team, Brent. Yeah. And, and I'm worried about a CBA and all that. Come on, man. Yeah. And, yeah. and by the way, at that time, too, you're like, hey, I'm going to be in the league for 12 years. I'm going to make four Pro Bowls. I'm going to be, yeah. you know, all this stuff. I mean, you're just – and by the way, those are all good thoughts, but they might be unrealistic thoughts. Without a doubt. So uh, you understand – the more you break down, the more we discuss at times on this show, the CBA, you understand why the owners always win. Mm-hmm. It's it's really fascinating that the Major League Baseball Union is as strong as it is. The MLB Union is is strong. Mm-hmm. Like, without question, I believe, is the strongest one of any. Mm-hmm. I think it still is that way. It has always been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, well, look at the stuff they get. No. <laughs> Guaranteed contracts yeah. in there. Huge well, contracts and and listen, there, there's a reason why there's 32 owners in the NFL, right? They're really good at business. And when you talk about a CBA, a new agreement, that's a business deal. And when you're dealing with football players who are football players first, maybe they, they know business, but they're not, you know, they're not billionaires. They didn't build their companies from nothing. The owners will always have the advantage. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what day it is? What do you got? Restaurant of the day is Moe's. Hit us Welcome with it. Welcome to Moe's here Hit on us a with Wednesday. It. Hey, we got bur- we got a food drop too. By the way, the breakfast burritos are here. They, they went above and beyond. I'm, I'm be set for the next couple months or so with breakfast burritos. So here's the deal with Moe's. Moe's uh, is is firing up some breakfast. Right now in their St. Augustine location, so given a test run in the St. Augustine location, uh, it is breakfast now in St. Augustine at Moe's. So next time you're down there, swing by Moe's Southwest Grills drive through location, try one of the all-new breakfast menu items, uh, freshly made to order, breakfast burritos, tacos, bowls, oatmeal, so much more. I'll tell you this. When we do our Action Sports Shacks Dream 18 golf tournament, they have the breakfast burritos. They're a big hit. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they're such a big hit that they're starting to launch them uh, now in some of their locations, and that includes St. Augustine. So welcome to Moe's today on a Wednesday, our restaurant of the day, part of our restaurant revival tour here in 2021 on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll have some giveaways a little bit later, uh, and we're going to try that breakfast burrito as oh, well. Absolutely. I've had it before, I'm but I'm going to try it again. I'm going to have about four or five and hey, Don't judge me, by the way. Hey, Scott, he's here today, what too. Up, Scott? What's, What's happening, campers? Man, Going to the bullpen. Long, it's been a long time Going to the since we went to the bullpen. How's your arm? Happy New Year, fellas. <laughs> Happy New Year. Man, it has been I, a while, hasn't so it? So I took a look at the calendar, and I'm like, wait a minute. It's not opening day. What's up? <laughs> That's a good point. 
Uh, we will be back. Uh, we will talk a little players championship later on. Uh, we, you know, we got into March Madness fantasy football mm-hmm. a little bit. Well, there's a new league starting. Last year, remember last week we had that conversation about who's going to change sports. Yes. It's ironic. I saw this article a couple days later. Uh, we'll have a, a bit of that conversation coming up. Could the world of softball help change sports it's, as we know it? It's an interesting uh, league forming up there. We're pretty wild. Yes. So uh, we'll get into that, plus plenty of football on the way. Who's the free agent you might stay away from if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars? you got plenty of money to spend. Let's go there next on ESPN 690. Welcome back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. First Coast Bubbler, by the way, says MLB gets a pension after 43 days, lifetime health care after one game. Whew. Yeah, they got a good union. Yep, I'm getting my son a baseball glove tonight. The, the teachers in Florida could use a union like that. Sorry, Ronan. Put that football <laughs> and nice friend. Put that football away. We're playing baseball. Or what, what's the what's like the golf uh, situation looking like on the PJ Tour? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, in terms well, of playing, know, like there's a lot yeah. of young guns. Like you better be good. A lot of red well, shirts no. too. <laughs> no, listen, yeah, I, I understand that the landscape of golf is a hard one to get into in the PGA. I'm wondering, like, what is like their like their union like? Like, what's like the oh, the uh, pension and like terrific. all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, like I, health I, insurance for, for I think it's really good. I bet, like, I really good. Like, I've heard there was a guy that told me. I was at an event a couple years back. Mm-hmm. I actually think it was when you fought. I was at the event. I was like emceeing an event. Okay. And at TPC Sawgrass during Players Week, mm-hmm. and you were fighting that sure. night. Remember, you fought there. So was, I think it was the same fight you got coming up. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 And this guy told me he worked. I can't remember where he worked, but I, I guess he did this for a living, right? Mm-hmm. Pensions and and that kind of thing. And he and he wasn't with the PGA Tour. But he said from from the player's perspective, but even if you work for the PGA Tour, he said it is hard to find a better one on the planet in terms of benefits, retirement, pension, all that stuff than the PGA Tour. Hmm. I believe it too. Now that's what he said. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we we. I mean, I Give know me this, some details. Yeah. I mean, what does that mean in terms of benefits and pension? But like, I have heard that. Yeah. And um. If that is true, then it will tell you not only from the player standpoint, though, I'm talking about like if you work for the tour, yeah. like it's really good. Think about it from the players side of things on the PGA Tour. we got the players championship coming up, obviously, uh, in in a week. We have Jared Rice coming on in the four o'clock hour and we've got big giveaways for you tomorrow on the uh, around the players championship as well. So make sure you're hanging out here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're giving away a lot of stuff these days. Absolutely. I kind of like it. But the players think about what doesn't come out of there and how quiet things are if somebody perhaps failed the drug test uh got suspended mm-hmm. very little knowledge mm. of it the public has true like there have been guys that have been suspended on the pga tour you just don't know it sure like hey where'd that guy go for a few weeks yeah no idea now there are some that ends up being public but it is you're pretty protected on the tour from a player standpoint, mm-hmm. I would say. Okay. Uh, and uh, does that then trickle down to everything else that's involved? I would say it's pretty strong. And, and by the way, I think like it, to the credit of probably Tim Fincham as well, but more recently Jay Monahan, who's the commissioner of the PGA Tour, I think he does a lot 
now it feels it from the outside. Again, I don't know. I have the inside knowledge of this, but it feels like he does a lot of back and forth with the players, a lot of listening, mm-hmm. right? A lot of talking to some of the big players. I think they have a say is my point, right? I mean, at the end of the day, money wins the day, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's a global sport. But I think he really cares genuinely about, like, what the players think, what guys like Look, Tiger and Rory sure. and, and those guys that have big names in the sport and maybe even others yeah. really think about certain situations – even so much so like the pandemic. Like I think there was a lot of communication between players and tour and commissioner about how to handle that pandemic, and I think they walked through it kind of together. Is there a PGA Tour like union, you know? Or is it – I've got to believe they, there is. Yeah. That's a good question. I should probably I mean, they're, know they're it. Like I, know there's a, I think there's a caddies union. Yeah. Um. But you know what? They might just all be private contracts. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not well versed enough in it to sure. know. I'm now. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Um. But I'll look it up. There, I, there's I appreciate gotta be. it. I'm thinking. Well, I mean, hey, just hit Google. Golf is your sport. Well, I'm saying golf is your sport. You ask me these MMA questions. Man, I got you. I know, but like I listen. It's the first 35 minutes of the show, and I feel like I'm in contract negotiations for the next CBA in every sport. You, you brought this up. This I was did. you and Maurice Jones Drew. So don't <laughs> point at me right now, man. Okay, I was ready to talk about you know free agents that we shouldn't be getting, but you wanted to go down the whole CBA deal. So this is your fault, not mine. Uh, by the way, I just saw Dilla tweet this. Um, it'd be dope playing with the next NFL prodigy. Who said that? Oh, so somebody quoted this? It's a quote. It'd be dope playing with the next NFL prodigy. Man, uh, who said it? Said on the Chris Collinsworth podcast. Uh, Alan Robinson? Yes. Really? Yeah, very good. Uh, honestly, you're like, why, why would you bring it up? Why is it topical? Okay. Very good. So that's Jacksonville. Now, right? I don't know if that's well, Dylan making stuff up again and I'm now reporting it or if probably. that was real, but it said on the Chris Collinsworth podcast. Hook, line, and sinker. There's Brett <laughs> Marno again. He might have just got This me. is why you don't have your own hat. We've been over this before. <laughs> yeah, but I gave it to him. I mean, it, this is on Dylan. This is okay. not me. I okay. mean, well, he wants to put yeah, out that you're, stuff. You're reporting it, though. You're still reporting it. Uh, but did you see, though, Alan Robinson on Twitter? His likes. His past, like, five or six likes. You've been paying attention? Oh. oh, Brent. I mean, come on, man. This is breaking news. He's liked, like, six New York Jets. Uh, Twitter things now. Really? Yeah, talking about the New York Jets and Allen Robinson. I, I get the sense now, unless they franchise tag him, which I think they have until next Tuesday to do. Yeah, he's out of Chicago. Like I, I got a feeling that he thinks he's out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. If you've seen some of the interviews, even since the one we did with yeah. him, I think when we did the interview, I didn't sense that as much. I think now that days. Oh, you did Well, it's not that I sensed that he was going back. Sure. I think he was wide open, but I don't feel like. I felt like it was still very much in play when we talked to him Super Bowl week. That's like a month ago now. Yeah, yeah. But I think in the last month, I've seen other quotes and, and interviews that he's done, and I feel like it's almost like far-fetched, unless they franchise tag him and hold his rights. And then you know he's going to get feel a, about that. Yeah, but yeah. That, that he gets a deal done with Chicago. I just don't see it happening now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't sound it from the outside. And so liking tweets like the Jets and stuff, but that makes it, some sense. It does, but it doesn't, though, because, like, I mean – are the New York Jets Super Bowl contenders? Do they really have a legit quarterback right now that we know of? Not really. So, well, no. Like, but I mean, I get the sense that Allen Robinson wants to finally play on an offense and play with a team that has a reliable quarterback where he can showcase all his skill sets. And I'm not sure if New York is the place for him. Now, well, money talks also. Though. I was going to say you're asking two different questions, yeah. right? And, and really, you're asking maybe three different questions. Does he want to go play with a good quarterback? Absolutely, of course he would. But he wants the money to be there, so that's question two: Is the money going to be there? But then there's a third question, and this is where I think Jacksonville comes in. Mm-hmm. And this is no disrespect to Allen Robinson at all. I think this is more about strategy than it is about disrespect for a player. I don't think they're going to go after and chase Robinson. 
I don't think they're going to go chase Godwin. Mm. I don't think they're going to go chase Galladay. I just don't think they're going to spend those kind of dollars on the position. So that's nothing to do with A-Rob. He should go get his money, and if he was coming here, he'd earn that kind of money. I just don't think their strategy, this is just my belief, that their strategy is going to say, okay, one of our top priorities is go get a big-time wide receiver for Trevor Lawrence and spend $20 million a year on him. I don't see that happening. And so that's why I don't think Jacksonville might work out. Uh, and then that will really narrow the pool in terms of, okay, does Indianapolis want to spend those kind of dollars? Does uh, Jets, who have it, do they want to spend? Do the Patriots, who have it, do they want to spend those dollars? Mm-hmm. Well, then you start talking about those teams. Then you factor in a quarterback. You might, and the Jets might not be awful at quarterback. They might end up with Justin Fields True. or Zach Wilson. Or they could end up with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So it could really work out for A-Rob yeah, you're not wrong in there. New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe A-Rob knows something that we don't yet with what's going to happen with Sam Darnold and if they trade him away, if they get a quarterback in the draft. We'll see. Who would you stay away from in free agency? Yeah. I think both – by the way, A-Rob isn't on this list for me. I, I think we're no. both very um, – I go big, after We're him. big fans of him. But who – of all like the there's, – there's like A-listers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Leonard Williams is one yeah. and A-Rob is one and Godwin is one and Shaq Barrett is another. Uh, when I start saying those names, is there so many jumps out? Be like, listen, I know everybody gets excited about this guy, but hold the phone. Mm-hmm. So as far as the A-listers are concerned, like they all kind of appeal to me, like the, the big name guys. Let's go to the B-list real quick, though. And let's talk about, like, what do you think is the sexiest position in free agency for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Let's be honest. It's a no brainer. The, the, the sexiest position. To go get? Yes. What wide receiver? Exactly. Like, yeah. everyone's talking about the wide receiver. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, yes, it's a sexy pick, but we still need three techniques. We need interior defensive linemen, maybe a safety, but we still can't help ourselves and talk about the wide receiver position. When I said let's go to the, to the B squad, per se, this guy is intriguing because of the skill set and what he offers, breakaway speed, game-changing over-the-top speed, but to me it's the health. I'm talking about Will Fuller of the Houston Texans. Um, I'm not sure how much money he would actually fetch, but the fact that I'm looking up his stats right now, Will Fuller has never played a full season. Um, last year was 11 games, 2019, 11 games, 2018, 7 games, 2017, 10 games, and his rookie year uh, was 13 games. So he's never played in a full season. Um, he's had a lot of injuries. I get when he's out there. He can be a bona fide two receiver, and even if you line him next to up next to DJ Chark, you might have some magic there. But I'm not going to risk it for a guy who seems to can't stay healthy. And trust me, I've had him on my fantasy team many years, and I've been burned by him many times. Okay, you ready for mine? Yeah, and well, I don't think. I mean, you... do you think it's a good one? Do you think Will Fuller's a good one, or yeah. do you want do you want Will Fuller here? No, nah, you, you probably campaigning for him to come here. No, 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 no. I I listen. I know you've been a fan of Will Fuller. You're afraid of Will, Will Fuller at times when he was on Houston. Yeah, yeah. But I think the injuries. You got to think. What you want, what you want to happen, but you also got to think a little bit like the organization would think. And if I'm the organization, I'm spending in free agency, which is already a risky proposition. We know that from past history. Then you've got to, you've got to really think twice about injury plagued players. And that's why even a guy like Hunter Henry, if he was available, Careful. I think you'd think about. Now you also got to roll the dice sometimes. You do, right? And the Jags need that position and need to upgrade that position so much it might be worth the risk. At Hunter Henry, it isn't worth the risk for Will Fuller, depending on the dollar you're spending, because he's just so riddled with injuries over his career. And by the way, there's plenty of receivers out there, both in free agency and the draft. So I don't see a reason to do that. I'm going to give you a guy and I don't think you're going to like it. 
This is a guy I'd stay away from if I'm the Jags. Can you guess who it is? Is he a tight end? Nope. Okay, then, um, I mean, you're not going to say Leonard Williams. This is, you're, this you're, is you're, somebody, you're not that crazy. No, I, no, I've been on Leonard Williams' yeah, train for a while. Good. This is somebody that I think if you pulled the Jags, mm-hmm. media, uh, Jags uh, fans, okay. I think they would say, bring him on, baby. Okay. And I'm going to say, stop the car. Okay. It's defensive not, uh, side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball. So safety. Nope. Really? Corner. I mean, what else we got? It's it's not. It's a three technique. Nope. Why? I mean, you just gotta tell me, man. Super Bowl champ. Okay. We talking about Indominus? No, he's not interior. So like Shaq Barrett or something? Yes. Okay, Shaq Barrett. Really? You wouldn't bring Shaq Barrett here? I will say I'm gonna say buyer beware on oh, Shaq, Shaq Barrett. Barrett. Please explain yourself. Well, I'm going to give you the explanation. Okay. He will be 29 years young mm-hmm. uh, this upcoming season. He'll turn in the season, 29 years old, which is fine for a pass rusher, by the way, and, and prime of your career potentially. Sure. If you go back to Shaq Barrett's career, I think a lot of people believe it's like two years old, three years old. I, I think <laughs> you would think it's yeah. not. No, okay? he, had, he had some seasons in Denver he now. Played, not some. He had five seasons in Denver. Sure. And it was no games played in his rookie season. Five and a half sacks, one and a half sacks, four sacks, three sacks. And those were incomplete seasons. Now, the last one I gave you three, he only played 13 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he didn't start. Many of those games. No, I mean, uh, his second year he started six games, and then 2017 he started nine games, didn't start besides that. So he goes to Tampa, and he has this unreal season, and we're all Googling, who the heck is Shaq Barrett? Correct. (laughs) Right? Yes. And, well, that's a 19-and-a-half sack year, man. I mean, that is like, whoa. Cha-ching. And then last year he comes back as a Super Bowl champ now, so he certainly helped them. I'm not trying to diminish what he's done, and I'm not even saying he's a bad player here. I'm saying buyer beware what you're paying, because what you're paying for is the potential for the 19 and a half, right? It's like what we talk about. You say it all the time about Carson Wentz. I've seen what the ceiling can almost be like, right? Mm -hmm. I like that. Well, he's an eight-sack guy last year on the Super Bowl champs. Sure. That's his second highest sack total of his career now going six years. I won't even count his rookie year Mm -hmm. that he didn't play anything. Mm -hmm. I think that's dangerous. Mm. I don't think that's a guy that's done enough for me to warrant. Heck, if you could, it would make more sense to bring Jan back and what he's done in his short career than it would be to bring Shaq Barrett. Just because of the age. Right? Well, or, not only because of age, but production, man. He's done it on a more consistent basis. Yeah, Brent, but you see 19 and a half sacks two years ago and eight last year. I mean, you're, you have to, you, you cannot not be intrigued by that. Oh, no, like, I didn't that, say I'm not yeah. intrigued. I, but even I'm, over I'm, Jan. I'm intrigued enough to bring it up as a topic of watch out now. Yeah. Folks, I know you, I know you get excited about a guy like this, but watch out. Like, this is where, this is where free agent money goes to waste. Sometimes, and that would be one I'd be very, very concerned about, cautious about if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars. Might turn out, yeah, uh, if they were to go there. I don't think they are going there, by the way. But well, he'd look good in a three-four defense. I mean, obviously, he would Tampa. He'd look good here in Jacksonville. But once again, I mean, are you pot committed right now at the position? But let's be honest, though, I'm not sure if Urban Meyer really cares about Caleb on Chason. He didn't draft him. True. Like this this new There's regime a bit of that. didn't draft yep. Caleb on Chase on, so I'm not sure how they really feel about him. I'm not sure how Joe Cohen really feels about Bucky him. He might have liked him a bit, depending well, on how much true, say he's got. True, true, true. But one would assume that they're going to give him another shot, right? Like in a 3-4 defense where he's more used to standing up. You don't just say goodbye to that. Even though if you had no, you know, you didn't have your 
fingerprints on drafting him, I feel like you still get that guy another shot. So I'm not sure where Shaq Barrett would fit. But, no, I get it, man, because you hear the name Shaq Barrett, and immediately like your eyes kind of perk up a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah. the pocketbook opens up in a big way, sure. too, right? The yeah, checkbook. Right. And I just think it's buyer beware on Shaq Barrett. I really do. And it, listen, he gets you excited. In, in middle In two weeks, if they sign him, he'd get you excited. I think it's going to be hard for Barrett to live up to it. I think it's hard for me to invest in something that I've only really seen blossom for one season. And it was a hell of a season. Yes. <laughs> but it yes. only blossomed for one season. We're going to take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll keep talking about it. Who else should you be a little bit worried about free agency? It's already risky business. The Jags have money to spend. Where could they go? And you might say, wait a minute now. That's on the way. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It is a Moe's Wednesday here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Welcome to Moe's Restaurant of the Day, a restaurant revival tour. Just had the breakfast burrito, by the way, in the break. It was good. Check it out. New breakfast option now. At uh, the Moe's in St. Augustine, just that location for now. Of course, you can get Moe's for lunch and dinner everywhere else uh, along the way. But the breakfast burrito, the home wrecker breakfast burrito, is now at St. Augustine's location uh, for Moe's. you got to check it out. If you're down in the area, you can listen, of course, to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 all the way down there. Loud and clear in St. Augustine. Serves your choice of bacon, chicken or steak, scrambled eggs, shredded cheese, southwestern seasoned potatoes, and Moe's salsa. It was good. We just had it. Yeah, I, I ate it way too fast. I mean, like I had to get it in before the break, and yeah, now it's, I mean, it was good. Don't get me wrong. Served daily at 6 o'clock. Uh, again, valid at most St. Augustine, uh, Florida only right now, but uh, maybe more to come. Um, it's just testing it out right now down there uh, in St. Augustine at the Moe's location. Let's get South Beach Gary on the line right now before we head to the top of the hour. What's happening, man? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, two recent cat casualties. Zach Randolph and Kyle Vinoy, does either of them strike your fancy guys for the Jets? Say the first one again, sir. Zach Randolph, the other Kyle Vinoy. Uh, Kyle Randolph, you mean? Uh, Kyle Rudolph? Zach yeah. Kyle Rudolph, I'm sorry. Kyle Rudolph. Are you talking what did about, I say, Randolph? Yeah, I thought yeah. you were talking Kyle about the Rudolph Portland or, Trailblazers or something for a saying, minute. Man, so a, uh, Zach Rudolph or, uh, <laughs> or Kyle Van Noy? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> so we'll get to. Uh, hey, uh, thanks, South Beach guy. I appreciate it. Um, Randolph, Zach Oh, no. We, we, <laughs> Sorry, we got you off. We no, got no, it. We got you. Yeah, we Kyle got Rudolph is who he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Minnesota lets him go. Came yeah. out down yesterday during our show. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of folks I put on on Twitter. They said, nah, no thanks for Kyle Rudolph. <sighs> I, I'd give him a look-see. You know? I mean, I would uh, I would do my due diligence there just because, once again, we've talked about it, Brent. You have nothing right now at the tight end position. I think fans get a little bit confused on this part of it, okay? just be, You can bring Kyle Rudolph in and still add two other tight ends. Of course. Right? I mean, yes. that's the thing. We were talking about that yesterday, right? Do you yeah. go all young? Do you have a veteran mix? We kind of like the veteran mix. We do. Because you can't rely on young tight ends, even if they're more talented, to produce right away. Go look it up. We've done it before. We've talked about this now for two years. Yes. You can't. You Most of them don't produce right away. It has happened. So I know you're going to give me the example of it. It has. But the trend is not for it to happen. And so you already have Josh Oliver. You maybe draft one as well. And so there's your young guys that you don't know about, but you can still go bring in an Eifert type of guy, and Rudolph might fit in that Eifert type of role. I'll be honest, so last year, Kyle Rudolph played in 12 games, 28 receptions, 334 yards, only one touchdown. Here's the deal. Would you feel good if I said this? Uh, Rudolph, 
Yes. Jonu Smith in free agency, a young one in the in the draft, tight end, yeah. and Josh Oliver. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like you scoff can, at you that. You can actually do that. Go get yeah. one in free agency in the but, draft and still bring Rudolph in. Is thing, my though. point. Let me ask you this, Brent: Tyler Eifert, Kyle Rudolph. Essentially the same. I mean, they seem yeah. like the same kind of guy, right? Well, you just said well, goodbye to Tyler. And that's what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I would be okay if they brought Eifert back. They just don't want to do it, I think, on $5 million on that sure. contract, most likely. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll be back. We'll answer the other part of that. Kyle Van Noy uh, on the other side. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 